Hello, hello, and welcome to this very special episode of Internet Retailing Subscription Podcast. We come to you not from the cosy studio, but from the first ever SubX World, a new one-day conference for D2C subscription industry. We brought together subscription businesses from retail, media, e-commerce for the first time, and I'm delighted to be joined by three of the speakers Neil Campbell from Small, Sasha Wilson from Avalara, and Tarmo Vandergroot from Chargebee. Before we dive into the world of subscriptions, just a little bit more about us. I'm Katie Searles, editor of DeliveryX and host of the Beyond the Buy button, as well as this brand new look at the subscription economy. Neil, would you like to tell us a little bit more about you and Small? Uh, yes, so I'm Neil Campbell, I'm the Chief Growth Officer at Small. Um, Small is a sustainable uh, direct-to-consumer cleaning brand, so we can send laundry capsules, dishwasher capsules, and lots of other kind of cool products uh, direct to people's stores. Plastic-free, loads of harmful chemicals removed, and um, just everything that kind of makes basically laundry and home cleaning uh, a bit more sustainable. Uh, and my background in general has been direct-to-consumer brands for the last you know, kind of 10, 20 years, starting Amazon uh, way back in the day, but then places like Naked Wines, uh, Moneybox, which is a fintech app, and my small. And Sasha, I believe you two know each other because you also have an Amazon past. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Niels and I's uh, path crossed at Amazon uh, many moons ago. It feels like a long time ago, doesn't it? It is a long time ago. And yeah, my, my background is in, is in startups and e-commerce. I joined Amazon in 2003 and stayed there for 11 years. I was involved in the third party side of the business, so marketplace fulfillment by Amazon, payments, advertising. You know, I helped, helped launch some of those products and some of those teams. And then 10 years ago, I, I left and joined Avalara. Uh, Avalara is a, uh, a software business that focuses on tax compliance. So we help companies understand where their tax obligations are when they sell cross border or shipping goods from one country to another. We help them get registered for VAT, for sales tax. Um, and then we've got software that plugs into their platforms that helps automate the whole compliance piece, calculating taxes and filing tax returns. The real fun part of e-commerce. <laughs> and Tarmo, does, is your job that fun as well? Yeah, well, it is that fun. Uh, <laughs> so Tarmo van der Groot, uh, I'm the VP EMEA at uh, Chargebee, uh, overseeing the day-to-day operations in, uh, in Europe. For everyone who don't know who Chartbee is, uh, we are a platform that manages your subscription and business revenue operations. Uh, we do it primarily for uh, finance and then operation teams. I've been working in uh, fintech now for uh, more than 10 years now. Excellent. So that's us. Let's get on to the subscription industry. We've me- already mentioned Amazon. Prime is, is well known. But now one in five retailers offer some form of subscription service. It maybe started with limited specialised items, but we're now seeing everyday products, toilet roll, coffee, cheese being available, and of course, sustainable cleaning products. Neil, what has driven the change to products that you can buy in physical stores being available on a subscription? Yeah, I think it's a good question because it definitely is sort of going through a real kind of growth period at the minute. I think there's probably a couple of things uh, behind that. I think. One of the really obvious ones is obviously post-pandemic, people are at home uh, a lot more. And so um, they're just much more likely to be in for a kind of for a delivery, especially a kind of bulky uh, delivery. And so therefore people are kind of signing up for that. You would remember back in the days, you know, when we worked with Amazon actually, 
you're getting parcels delivered to work, and then there's the kind of parcels that you know you have to be able to carry home. So, but now those bigger, bulkier parcels can get delivered to people's doors, and you kind of know that they're there. Um, so that's one thing. Um, I think the other one is coupled with that. There's just an increasing sort of consumer acceptance of subscriptions. I think you know back in the day when everyone kind of balked at you know oh, should I really be you know paying for Spotify when I've got all these kind of MP3s that I've kind of bought. But actually, people has really become part of people's lives with kind of Netflix and Spotify on the kind of you know on the digital side. But then much more so you know, beyond that, you know, and then things like you know, it started off with the company where I used to work, Naked Wines, which was very kind of artisan wine that you couldn't get anywhere else. But it's becoming increasingly more sort of commodity kind of products. And one of the reasons that the commodity products kind of work is that the shipping's got really competitive. So you know, it used to be the case of Naked Wines that. You know, all the wine has enough margin in it that you can sort of ship it, especially if you ship it as part of a case. But actually, these days, you know, with the shipping a lot more competitive, it basically means that this, these kind of commodity products, which tend to be slightly lower margin, for subscription now. It's really interesting that retailers have taken a look at what's been happening in the digital subscription world and the publishing subscription world, and, and tried to model that and do something for themselves, really, especially when it it guarantees them revenue, whether it's monthly, whether it's quarterly. Is that going to be increasingly important, Sasha, during these uncertain, economic, difficult, challenging times? Absolutely. That recurring revenue model gives uh, reliability to businesses. You know, it helps them predict future cash flows. It helps businesses forecast better, you know, uh, plan their inventory management a lot, lot more effectively if they know what's coming or what they're expecting, you know, you know, less surprises. And I think you know, something that's overlooked sometimes is, is, is company valuation. We see this in the software world. If you've got a, an annual recurring revenue stream, that, that helps increase your you know, stock market price. It can help you with financing if you're looking at acquisitions, mergers, you know, there's that part of it which can help, help retailers bolster up that part of their business as well. There's, there's the loyalty side, the customer loyalty. You know, customers are, uh, probably more more loyal, you know, if they subscribe. And subscriptions, the way they operate, a lot of the, the, the recurring billing solutions and the retailers, they're continually contacting customers. One-to-one -one contact just helps make them feel like they're part of the community and, and, and you know, it's a strong customer base. Reduces churn, um, high customer engagement. So yeah, whole host of reasons why, you know, retailers and other businesses should be looking at subscriptions to, to help, you know, you know, manage those uncertain times, yeah. That churn is so important because it's a challenge that we see in the subscription industry. Tarmo, what other challenges are our business face if they're looking at transitioning to subscription? Yeah, uh, if you can actually also add uh, one more thing on uh, on new and Sasha uh, around, let's say, uh, what we're seeing now happening in the market where the subscription economy is getting more and more traction. I'd say, I mean, in the last 10 years, uh, we've always, at numerous conferences and conversations hold everything about uh, omni-channel but what was always kind of the limitating factor was the technology um, and there's always been this vision of merging online and offline but the technology stack wasn't quite there yet to make it actually work with some of the um, advancements that have been done today it's now also possible to activate a subscription at the, the point of sale terminal for example give you a very clear example you can now go into a fitness center uh, you do your free trial and then comes the moment where, all right, how am I going to actually monetize this visitor into a recurring uh, subscriber? So back in the day, you would actually need to go online, enter your details and activate your subscription. 
Nowadays, what you can very easily do um, at the cash register is just add someone's email address. You put out your debit card, your credit card, or your Apple Pay. You swipe it to the terminal, and your subscription is automatically activated. Uh, these were features and functionalities that have just become available. They were just not there yet. Uh, also, with all the advancements of, uh, of your smartphone, your user data is now always with you. Uh, so one of the things that's coming our way, there's this very large global international supermarket. Uh, unfortunately, I can't name the name. <laughs> um, but what they're doing is they're going to be monetizing uh, their loyalty program. So again, back in the day, you would kind of have maybe like this, uh, this barcode with you and you scan it and you get, let's say, a little bit of a discount. Now that's going to be living actually on your smartphone uh, and they're going to recognize who you are. And if you're a loyal customer, what can basically happen is, let's say uh, you regularly uh, visit that supermarket and you have a premium membership, the 10th time that you're at your checkout, you could potentially get an automated 10% discount at your groceries. Just, and again, the possibilities are endless, basically on how to monetize and reward loyal uh, visitors and subscribers. But again, it's only until today when the technology has actually now gotten to a stage where these things are actually happening and possible. And that technology point, that automation, is really important when you're dealing with something as complex as a subscription model. Sasha, from Avalara's point of view, how key is automating that procedure? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's critical. There isn't really a, a sensible way of, of managing these uh, manually. You know, we do see companies coming to us, you know, trying to approach a technical problem with, a, with an in-house, in inbuilt solution, which is not their core expertise, and they end up spending a lot of money, taking a long, longer time than normal to, to, to get it to market, and it, it probably doesn't do what, what it should have done in the first place. So taking out those manual processes is, is key. They're just not scalable. I think that's, that's the word to get to. You know, retailers need to start really thinking about themselves as software businesses or technology businesses and the way that those businesses operate. So yeah, just you know, taking out those manual processes applying software solutions to automate those, freeing up those resources to then do more value-add projects in the business. Neil, by focusing on that value-added element, can a retailer, a company like Small, really start to focus on minimising, say, cancellations or limiting um, subscription fatigue? Yeah, so I think, you know, if you have all these kind of technology services that the kind of guys provide, Kind of working correctly, it basically frees up a lot of time in the business to essentially kind of look at what are kind of customers doing, you know, what how are they behaving, what are the behaviors that you know give you sort of you know better outcomes overall in terms of kind of customer lifetime value. The, the big question is, are great customers found or are they made? And the answer is probably varies by business, but they're probably 80% found and they're probably 20% sort of made, i.e., 80% are quite finding the right high quality customers to kind of come into the business. And then the other 20 percent is how do I treat them and engage with them as we kind of go along. So when we talk about things like subscription fatigue, a lot of times what we're doing is we're sort of saying, can we find the right customers? Can we make sure that we're kind of bringing customers who are going to stick around into the kind of what is the right mixture of marketing channels and incentives and everything else that kind of you know, makes that happen. The other thing, you know, kind of we, we talk about retention a lot and kind of subscription business because you know, that is, is one of the major kind of sources of value of getting customers to kind of stick around. What we kind of see is that it just has to be the right proposition. You know, you have to get the basics right. So it has to be the right product, it has to be the right product quality, it has to be at a competitive price, it has to be convenient, and it probably has to be all those things that you know in the similar ballpark of a supermarket, because that's what people are kind of comparing it to. And supermarkets are famously sort of efficient and kind of you know, low margin businesses. 
And so for our side of things, so small has been very successful because we've kind of gone into that mentality, which is planet-friendly products and products that are sustainable and a suitable kind of plastic alternative. You shouldn't have to pay 50, 60% to, you know, to kind of convert onto them, you know, a 56% premium. They should be at a similar price to, you know, in our case, personal and aerial and things like that. And that's where we kind of go from. If you get that right, combine the subscription, then things really from the fly. Um, and there's a natural way to do that, which is that, you know, there's obviously a retailer margin that you're going to keep to yourself and you can use that to kind of pay for the shipping. Yeah, the, the shipping is an interesting point because a lot of these subscriptions offer free next day delivery for for their members. We we heard that from Hobbycraft earlier. It is the sort of enhanced service element of these subscriptions. And it's something that retailers need to consider if they are looking into it. With the sort of growing competition around subscription services, Sasha, why is now the right time for a retailer to look at offering these subscription services? I think now is a great time for a number of reasons. I think um, looking at what's happened over the last few years, you know, COVID and the cost of living crisis and everything else, you know, just having that reliability of, of income and revenues is, is, is key to so kind of planning ahead is, is, is really important. But I think just now, if you know, if there's a retailer looking at embarking on this journey, the number of companies that are out there that have specialised in niche areas to make this happen much quicker are, are just phenomenal. You know, there's no need to reinvent the wheel to try and figure something out internally. There's softwares, you know, to do with recurring billing, um, tax compliance, or you know, the e-com platform or payment gateway. You know, there are partners out there. Uh, and they've all got their own, you know, niche, you know, features and, uh, and advantages. So I think the advice is just to speak to as many as possible, figure out what your plan is, and find the right partner that's going to help you reach that plan. If I can actually add to that as well, why now is such a good time? It's not necessarily the train is leaving the station, the, the train has left the station, right? So the subscription economy, it's been here for a very long time and it's always been complex. Uh, it's just going to get more complex. So, I mean, historically, you would always or already need to think about uh, different bidding and invoicing rules, uh, entitlement rules, which kind of payment methods you're going to be using, uh, dulling, uh, voluntary versus involuntary, grandfathering prices. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And also to follow up on what Neil basically mentioned around uh, subscription fatigue, uh, subscription fatigue is real. Uh, what I usually say, actually, to put this into perspective, if I would go out on the street right now, or would ask you, uh, Katie, can you basically tell me how many subscriptions you currently have? I don't really care which number you say. I already know it's going to be more than you think. <laughs> I mean, we, we are at that stage. And what the industry is doing, uh, because they're also recognizing this, is the model is getting um, changed from, let's say, a fixed price per month or per quarter to more a usage-based pricing model. So you're only paying for uh, the service uh, for the, basically the amount of time that you're actually using it. And that also adds a new layer of complexity. So for anyone in retail who's kind of thinking, should I or shouldn't I, your competitors are basically already thinking about how am I going to monetize this and how am I going to reward my loyal customers. And if you don't have, let's say, a loyalty program that rewards your loyal shoppers, you're going to lose them to someone else. So if it's not today, I really would advise to uh, think uh, long and hard about uh, having this as well. You really don't want to be left behind, do you? No, you don't. Neil, coming back to, to small, is that paper usage, the loyalty side of it, the sort of keeping your customers happy in the simplest possible way, 
is that going to continue? Is that what your sort of model is for the future? Yeah, so I, I think all all subscription services are based on trust. And so, you know, a customer giving you their kind of credit card or billing details and allowing you to sort of take a regular and send you product without um, uh, you know, without their kind of confirmation or without their kind of intervention. That's a really kind of high trust environment. And so if you're going to maintain that relationship, then you've got to do things which are very high trust. You know, so you've got to sort of say, like, we will always tell you before something's going to be shipped out so you can intervene. We will always tell you well in advance of kind of price changes or format changes and things like that. And so I think any subscription retailer has to do that. If they're building a long-term business, then they need that sort of level of kind of trust and sort of understanding uh, with the, the customers. And so certainly for, um, you know, for small, that is something that will just continue because that's, that's what's got us to this position and will kind of keep us going forward. What's interesting about it though is, you know, people don't tell you that they've lost trust with you, they just leave, you know, so they don't complain, they just leave. And so one of the real advantages, and I probably should have jumped in earlier when Sasha was talking about this, of subscription businesses is that you have a relationship with the customer, you know exactly what they're doing, you know, when they're logging in, what they're doing, what they're looking at. And so, because you have all that data, you can start to really kind of tease out, well, what are the things that sort of show that that trust relationship is breaking down or that the customer might churn or that they may be ready for the next level. And so that's one of the things that we kind of look at a lot is you know, using that data to sort of say, well, how can we manage this relationship better? How can we get ourselves in a position where we're kind of meeting each customer wherever they are, you know what I mean? So not having one standard plan for everyone, having different levels of usage as, as we talked about before, or you know, the right level of kind of discount or approach or engagement, all that kind of stuff we can to personalize by customers. And that is spot on and critical, uh, being able to actually use that data uh, for retention campaigns. You don't want to end up in a situation where a loyal customer cancels their subscription but you don't even know that this is a loyal customer, right? If you treat them the exact same as someone who just had their subscription for one month because they wanted to try it out and they cancel versus a loyal customer that's been a customer for five years, you want to have that tailored approach. Uh, again, to put this in perspective, let's say you're a streaming service and someone has been trying it for one month or three months and they decide to leave. That's going to be a different win back campaign than someone has actually been Part of your streaming service for four or five years. I mean, if they decide to leave, you want to have a completely tailored approach, basically saying potentially, hey, you've been watching this particular show uh, for the last four seasons, uh, season five uh, is just along the way. Why don't you stay for additional months? Uh, or, hey, why don't you stay and that additional season is on us? All right, but again, you want to have that tailored approach and don't want to have that one size fits all. And data is key in order to do that. We hear it time and time again, data is key, but it's really interesting, that whole idea of FOMO. People don't want to miss out. And so if you say, oh, this is coming up, mm -hmm. they might be like, oh, I'll stay. Or if there's a new product launch that's only for the subscription customers, that is another way to perhaps maybe keep them. Sasha, Avalara are actually almost a subscription-based service, but just for business to, to business. How do you find communicating on that level differs from, say, small and going straight to a consumer? So I think ours is a little bit different. We're, we're more of a B2B offering. Mm. So businesses that, that use our services are, you know, they're, they're essentially, you know, tied into like an annual subscription. You know, during that time, we don't allow, you know, downgrades, but it is possible to upgrade. So there isn't maybe as much flexibility as there might be in a, in a B2C offering. 
where you know uh, customers can maybe pause a subscription or, or, or cancel it and restart it or um, so there's maybe not as much flexibility in, in the B2B subscription world but yeah that's probably what I don't know I don't know if that's the same or applies to you know all B2B subscriptions but that's certainly in, in our view. The flexibility and the agility is is quite a nice point because that's going to be key at the minute and the ability to to pause services when the wallets are tight. Is that something that small offers? Can people pause, come back or is uh, it? Absolutely. And, and some of our best customers are the ones who can use the service in that way. So, you know, at any point, one of our kind of customer promises, as I said, this kind of trust world said customers that before we um, charge you for a product, three days beforehand, we'll email you and sort of say it's on its way. At that point, the customer can pause the subscription. They can skip a box, so just go straight on to what the next delivery is. They could set the delivery back, delivery date back, and you know, a number of months. They could change their cadence, i.e., you know, how often is it a box that's going to come every month, every two months. That, that total kind of flexibility, they can move it on to two boxes coming at a time off the laundry, but then the kind of cadence you know, would obviously go double. I, I think you've got to give that sort of, uh, flexibility to people because. It could be anything. It could be I'm just going on holiday and going on holiday a lifetime for three weeks. I don't need it. I don't need it showing up when I'm not here, and I certainly don't need it because I'm not going to be here washing my clothes. So there's no kind of flexibility you've got to give to people, and people really appreciate that flexibility. They appreciate the fact that if, if I, I know you've got my back and that you're not going to sort of abuse the fact that you've um, you've got ready access to my billing details. And then they're going to need that extra box when they get back, and they've got all the holiday washing to do. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, we can do. <laughs> That seems like a really strange place to finish, but I think we have more than covered everything today in this very special live episode recorded at Sub X World. There is a whole series coming up of the subscription series with Avlara that's going to be on internetretailing.net, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Podbean. It will be dedicated episodes, including the rental market, advanced payment options and enhanced services. We'll also look at product subscriptions in which we talk about cheese and coffee. But there's so much more to come. For now, though, thank you for listening. Thank you all for joining me. Goodbye.